on this week's episode, it's time to be speaking out in professional wrestling. We remember Joel Schumacher, and it's our July TV update. All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. Thanks for joining us on today's show. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here on the PCC Multiverse. We have Noah Ian Fine from Honey Queen, Steve Kane from TNT on BTR, and Jessica Box from the TV Reigns Guide coming up talking pop culture. So let's get to it right here on the PCC Multiverse. I'll tell you what, it's a very troubling time for the pro wrestling industry right now because a lot of people are speaking out which is good and that's leading to a lot of changes within the industry itself as a lot of I don't want to say major names but names that are now becoming recognizable in the industry because of AEW All Elite Wrestling and World Wrestling Entertainment having a lot of these wrestlers now that have been impacted by it with a lot of changes now being made with firing suspensions things of that nature but also underneath as far as some of the smaller organizations like Shikara, like Progress, like Impact, like the NWA. A lot of those smaller organizations are being adversely affected because of the fact that, hey, there were some wrongdoings going on and now it's being addressed by a lot of people that were treated terribly, now speaking out, now having the strength and the power of speaking out on social media, and it's it's causing a uh, shift and hopefully a better direction for the pro wrestling industry going forward. And here to talk with me about it today is a good friend of mine. You know him from the Hunnic Outcasts, and he's here a lot with us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. It is Noah Ian Fine back on the show. And Noah, before you come on, I want to thank you for taking the time to speak to me on this subject because it was listeners that wanted to go ahead and bring this out. And obviously I checked into it and sure enough, there's a big problem that's been going on. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see a lot of these people speaking out about these wrongdoings as far as sexual misconduct and things of that nature. And I want to ask you, Noah Ian Fine, thank you first for joining us back on the show on such short notice. I want to hear your thoughts on this as far as the speaking out and how it's going to affect the industry going forward. First of all, thank you for having me back on. Uh, Second of all, disappointed and disgusted is not the word. And I'm just going to say it that the fact that you have wrestling fans who are either in the industry or doing these podcasts that don't want to come on and talk to you about it, Something seems to be a little rotten in Denmark with that. Sorry, but it's true. And as for some of these names that I'm familiar with, as well as another one that's not on this list, on your list that I researched on the other one, I don't know what to think. I mean, one of them for WWE for Matt Riddle, I, I don't know what it was with him. There was always, I don't want to say that there was always something skeevy about some of these guys or something just. You know, over the years now, we're getting these documentaries about what they were like backstage. 
I know that Shawn Michaels, people talk about what he was like backstage in the 90s to death, that he was pill-popping and, and that he was inappropriate and blah, blah, blah. But things apparently have gotten worse from 1984 to present. It wasn't just in the 90s. It's been going on for years now. And I feel that at this point, it's always been discussed about having some sort of union, that these wrestlers are pretty much treated like circus animals, and they can't say anything because if they do, the attitudes from Vince McMahon seems to be, if you're not happy here, go somewhere else where you can be a, a happy, and that's pretty much it. And that doesn't really solve the problem. And even if you kept quiet and you're awarded a championship belt for like a couple weeks, that doesn't make the problem go away. Well, this is actually also... I want to go ahead and stress to you that a lot of these incidents happened on the independent scene. And I think that's a bigger indication right now. And, and you're right. Th let's not go ahead and, and sweep the WWE under the rug on this because there's been a lot of stuff that's been controversial that they've done over the course of the many years. But as a larger corporation, they are going to try and I know – either sweep it under the rug as fast as they can or try and deal with it as fast as they can by either getting rid of the individuals. I mean, there's been several people affected by this as far as their jobs terminated, and in a lot of cases, rightly so. Let me give you the list right now of, of people that have been accused of, of this uh, type of either sexual misconduct or wrongdoing of some type in the speaking out movement. And WWE stars like Matt Riddle, Velveteen Dream, Jordan Devlin, Jack Gallagher, Liguero, Travis Banks. David Starr will no longer be working for Progress. Um, Mark Pazperi, he's gone from Progress. Though it's a smaller organization that's out there. AEW, Darby Allen, Jimmy Havoc, and Sammy Guevara, they've all been accused and some of them have had action taken against them by AEW. Impact, Joey Ryan has had several accusations, which actually, if you come to understand his character, is probably not that surprising. Dave Christ, uh, they've both been terminated by Impact Wrestling. Shikara, the head of Shikara, which is a smaller organization, again, Mike Quackenbush, his company, he ceased to do operations in and of itself, so he's terminated actually his company as of this point in time. A Ring of Honor and NWA, uh, a vice president with the company, I believe, Dave Lagana, he was accused and, and left the company as far as the NWA. Ring of Honor has been adversely affected as well. A lot of this, to me, stems from the lifestyle that they were leading in the recent years in on the independent scene. Because a lot of these actions happened on uh, some of these – while they're working for some of these smaller outlets – but I'm not going to go ahead and, and uh, excuse AEW and also as well WWE because they, these incidents were out there in rumors and innuendo and things of that nature. But WWE and AEW failed to follow up on these things before they hired some of these wrestlers. So I want to hear your thoughts on why they didn't go ahead and do the proper background because it, you know if you do the proper background, you can avoid these type of scandalous things where – these individuals are now working for your company and you just have to let them go because of the fact that, hey, they perpetrated some things in the past that were not so hunky-dory. Well, here's the problem, is that if you think of independent, what do you think about? You think about Mid-South or you think about Jersey. And I was, I'm not going to go through my entire origin story, but when I was in Jersey for a while, I did work for a 
independent. And I can tell you right now, uh, the trying to do a background check or even a drug test or anything, you know, it takes both time and money. Nobody wants to be bothered doing it. But AEW and WWE, as uh, well, with especially in the case of WWE, that's a billion dollar company. Yeah, but that that's those are billion dollar companies. I'm talking about like the Kraft macaroni and cheese pro or or trying to become a name independent where you don't even, you have five guys or or 20 guys in a locker room that all have to use a bucket instead of a toilet. I mean, I'm seriously or or a dressing room is literally outside where you have to put up a tent to to change your gear. I mean, I'm talking like the bottom of the barrel to work your way up. The problem is, is that it just takes so much time and money and nobody really wants to be bothered doing it. They're just like, okay, uh, we have a crowd. We don't want to give the tickets back. We don't want to give the money back because we lose money. So, you know what? Are you available to wrestle? Go. And you'll just be on a probation period and we'll just watch you. Nobody complains about you. We're not going to say you're doing anything. And if you can wrestle and you can perform in the ring, we're fine with that. And some people turned a blind eye and some people didn't care. And eventually, you know, somebody got picked up or, or got injured and didn't want to be part of it anymore. It's not everybody, but there are so many controversies on why some of the independents just didn't want to be bothered at the time. And then the second problem was back then between even then and now, not everybody has a camera phone out. There are still people that can duck, dodge, and cover from a camera phone. You know, Big Brother's not always watching, especially if you're in the independent scene. And people can be clever, even with texting or 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 in a locker room or whatever. It's amazing what people can get away with in the in the independence. So then it comes down to your word against mine. Yeah, you could say, but already witnesses. What are you going to do? And if a lot of people are playing it safe and smart, and just because somebody accuses you of sexual harassment, it's not like something with Harvey Weinstein where thank God he had like 50 someone women coming out and all telling the same story. Independent is a little bit different. And if they don't have the money, what are you really going to do? Yeah, it would be great to stop these people, but unless they become famous, I feel nobody really wants to get involved because it's not as easy as you think. And then again, what are we going to do? Shut down the organization. The problem is it comes down to time, money, and research. And when it comes to independence, people just don't want to be bothered and involved, and that's sickening. You have something like WWE and AEW. They have high-priced lawyers. They have better equipment. So they have a better idea, and they have more guys that are a little bit more loyal and are not going to pay attention to the stuff that happened 20 years ago because, you know, they still have, you know, a lot of them have families and a lot of them have the reputation. It's different than something if, if you go to any independent organization. Not much has changed. It's trying to change a little bit more now, but I don't know how safer people are going to be other than just picking up and going to another organization. And lots of luck with that, too. Well, I'll tell you what, my friend, it's something that, yeah, I understand if you're running a organization from a shoestring budget that you're at a local high school, you hear stuff. You hear stuff in the rumorville, and you can, as a promoter, go ahead and say, you know what, I may or may not want you because of those things. I, I can go ahead and lean against it because of some of the stuff I hear out there. You can make choices if you really, really want to. But I have a feeling this is going to transform the independent scene, which 
has been in need of being transformed for quite some time. I mean, going back to the old regional days when there were a plentiful amount of small wrestling organizations, some of them more viable than others, there was something going on all the time as far as the smaller scenes. But, of course, the rise of the WWE knocked a lot of those guys out of the water, put a lot of those guys out of business. And the amount of independent organizations that were not WWE and at the time WCW have shrunk. And I understand that there's not that as many options that are out there. But still, this is going to go ahead and change the way independent companies are run independent companies and they deal with wrestlers out there this is the way that it's going to be changing and i think it's going to be for the good because now the individuals that are are being hurt by this as far as the, the people that were hurt by this initially that that these wrestlers if they actually did what they what it said was it then you know they're now going to have a better work environment for themselves and that's ultimately what's going to help the wrestling industry as a whole because this rock and roll wild lifestyle that many of these wrestlers that are were accused of having and doing during their years on the independent scene uh, maybe they'll go ahead now and have a second look at that because you cannot go ahead and perpetrate those kinds of things in these days and age on social media without it coming back on you well you know i got rid of my twitter for reasons but it's not the reasons you think it's just that Twitter can either make or break your life. I don't say anything controversial on there. The only thing I ever used Twitter for was to promote my podcast. That was it. I keep politics out of it. I keep personal life out of it. That's all that I do with Twitter. The same thing goes with Facebook, except every now and then post a meme or something. But I don't know why people are just with the arrogance. My my major concerns go back to, again, because it's it's retro. And I don't know if one has anything to do with the other. There was a documentary series, Dark Side of the Ring, and they talked about the whole Jimmy Snuka incident, which is still controversial to this day. It was a great documentary, and the same thing goes with Dino Bravo as well. I highly recommend anybody, if they're a professional wrestling fan, to go ahead and check it out. It doesn't always tell you the whole story because they have to confine it within the span of an hour. But yeah. there's still some great stuff contained within the Dark Side of the Ring on virtually all their episodes. Yeah, and I, and I know they're they're working on another season as well, thank God. But my point being is that I'm more concerned about what happened from the time Vince McMahon Jr. stepped in till now because I kind of wonder what blind eye he's turning with AEW. It goes back to AEW feels like WCW 2.0, where if you're not happy in the WWE, you're going to go over to AEW. And I know there's a lot of wrestlers are going over there that, that you have Hart and you have Jake Roberts. And, and, and I don't know, there's just something, I don't think it's just not just backstage politics. And I still go back to the whole Miss Elizabeth incident as well. I mean, I know that, you know, a lot of stuff happened after she left both WWE and WCW, but I kind of wonder. There's, now that you have more divas, and divas have been brought back, and then now WWE female superstars, because you don't have the divas title anymore, how a lot of them feel? Because you have a lot of you know, young guys, and you have a lot of attractive women, and I'm sure that, again, it, it, it becomes very uncomfortable in both those locker rooms. My understanding is they have one 
you know, the men have one, the women have one, that's great. But sometimes things just happen. There's a lot of fraternizing. And then things just don't go well as planned. And then, well, this one did this and this one said that. I don't think there's enough control. I, I don't know what they could do other than not turn the blind eye. I don't know who's going to be held responsible for those organizations. But when it comes to the independence, it, it's... Well, I think it's a weeding out process, my friend. Well, I it's think... a weeding out process, but the, the thing is, though, is that it's still it's going to cost a lot of money. So I, I think, unfortunately, a lot of these independent circuits are going to go the way of the dodo again. I, I didn't even know a lot of them still existed. Well, most of these incidents uh, outside of, uh, I believe, Sammy Guevara, who was working as a developmental wrestler at the time, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, and spoke out against uh, Sasha Banks and said something extremely inappropriate. But as these accusations took place about what these wrestlers did before their time, in the most part, for the WWE or AEW, most of these wrestlers have been terminated, suspended, and have had some serious actions dealt against them appropriately uh, by the companies involved, WWE and AEW, because they want no part of it. The only thing I'm saying is going forward in the future, this is going to lead to more change within the independent scene, but also with the larger companies like Ali Wrestling and World Wrestling Entertainment, they're going to go ahead and do a little bit more research, whether it's social media research, whether it's uh, background checks more extensively. I mean, they cannot go ahead and just bring people in blindly like they have in the past and continue to do so even up to this day. They, they really got to go ahead and do more extensive background checks on some of these guys because you put somebody in a position that you're going to start giving them a push and then all of a sudden these accusations are made and if you find out they're true, it really hurts your company overall. So that's why you got to go ahead and spend that extra money. I mean, we see NBA, NFL, we see Major League Baseball, we see these companies major organizations and these teams spend extra money to do background checks. I think at this point in time, the WWE and AEW have to go ahead the same route. I have a feeling we're not done yet with the list. Not by a long shot. I have a feeling you're right as well. We're not done with this list. As more people speak out for the things that have gone on in the past, and we're going to hear more things going on within the professional wrestling industry. There's going to be more changes, hopefully for the better, being made in the professional wrestling industry as more people speak out on the injustices that have gone on in their lives. A lot of changes being made in the professional wrestling industry as we speak, and hopefully this is a positive sign going forward for the pro wrestling industry and eventually the product that you're going to see down the road. Noah, I cannot thank you enough for stopping by. Truly appreciate you being once again part of the pop culture cosmos. For the latest news and information, analysis, and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. We're back right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos once again. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here. And I'll tell you what, we had a, well, we've had actually a few deaths in the movie industry as of late, but one that I know has hit really hard with one of our frequent guests is the late Joel Schumacher, who you might know as one of the driving forces behind Batman and Robin, also as well the Lost Boys, so many other pictures. 
I know he's more credited with some of the stuff that he produced because he's been a producer on major hit movies over the years. And here today to talk about his passing and his mark on the movie industry is a good friend of ours. Stopping by once again. It's Noe and Fine of Honeyqueen. you got to go ahead and check out all the great stuff that they're doing today at Honeyqueen on Facebook. Noah, I know it's not great news that you hear, but Joel Schumacher, I mean, action. Uh, you know, when I think of Joel Schumacher, I think of action personified as far as the movies he was part of. You know, the first movie I, that I saw was Lost Boys, the one he directed. And then... Years later, I had seen Falling Down, followed by um, The Client, and then I found out he was going to be directing Batman Forever, and two years later, he would direct Batman and Robin. And my understanding was that if he was taking over after seeing Falling Down, and he said that he wanted to make a Batman year one, and I saw Falling Down, and I've seen The Client, and I figured, okay, well, we're in good hands. Even with Lost Boys, I figured, you know, if, if if Burton is out because of creative differences and you, you know, all the stuff in Batman Returns, you you know, you really couldn't put on a Happy Meal. But that was the problem because it was all about Happy Meal toys. So what we got was really a hybrid of Batman the Animated Series meets Batman 66. And Schumacher wanted to make one more film, Batman Triumphant, which never happened. I've heard a lot of things about that of how many characters they were going to shove in and it just wouldn't have worked. But if I had to pick one Schumacher film that is very hard to watch but very underrated, it's Falling Down. I know that Falling Down, you had a lot of these um, angry white guy movies in the 70s and 80s and they brought it back in the 90s. But I really wasn't too aware of those movies at the time. I wasn't watching them. So when I watched Falling Down, I thought it was original and different, and in a way it kind of was, but it's a very hard pill to swallow, and it's a shame because I could have seen Douglas as Commissioner Gordon in uh, Batman Forever or Batman and Robin. I could have even seen him as Two-Face, but I know that Schumacher had a relationship with Tommy Lee Jones, and that's why he was Two-Face in the movie. It, it, it's, you know... It, I guess when you have a franchise and you have ideas, but Warner Bros. is telling you, this is what we want you to do. It, it's two different animals trying to you know pull each other and it never become his film. And people went after Joe Schumacher over it, including uh, Bruce Tim from the animated series that bashed him in an episode of uh, Batman's animated series in the fourth season. There was that episode legends of the dark Knight, And there's this effeminate kid named Joel and he's standing underneath a, a store that says uh, Shoemaker. So you know they were bashing him. But um, and, and I couldn't figure out, like, I didn't put two and two together. I was kind of like, you know what? It, it takes a village, and Joel, I guess, just wanted to work. And I have watched Batman and Robin and Batman forever. But Batman and Robin, I got to ask you, do you have a favorite Schumacher film? For me, it would be either Falling Down. It wouldn't be one of the Batmans, I'm going to be honest yeah. with you. I mean, those are two of the lower points of the Batman sagas. Uh, and obviously was one of the driving forces behind the reboot 
of the Batman series that we saw from Christopher Nolan. I would probably say of them, Falling Down, to me, is a very emotional film. Phone Booth has been quite forgotten over the years, but still is a kind of like a chilling movie in and of itself. And I'd probably say from him, the number one movie would be Falling Down. I think uh, that's either that or A Time to Kill. I mean, because that's also uh, a very good movie as well. I think A Time to Kill. I know we talked about that. It's a part of our top 100-ish movie countdown. I think it was you and I that talked about it as far as A Time to Kill. Either that or Josh, maybe. It was, yeah, uh, Josh, I don't remember talking yeah. about that one. It has been a recent entry on our top 100-ish movie countdown. A Time to Kill showcases a lot of great talent, and I think that's an underrated movie of his as well. Yeah, I think that A Time to Kill, that's the one with James Woods and Samuel Jackson and Matthew McConaughey. That is correct. And also, of course, Sandra Bullock leading the charge. Right. That That's the one where, in the I remember, that's the trailer where Samuel Jackson says, you know, the guy deserves to die and he belongs in hell. I think I think that's one of the lines. Yeah, Sandra Bullock was already had reached that superstar status that I I think I alluded to when we were talking about in the top 100-ish movie countdown, but Samuel Jackson was just starting to hit some really high notes, and so was Matthew McConaughey, as far as bringing those two into a really an upper level of stardom that they would start to see grow over the next few years. Well, I'm going to talk again about The Client because that's another film. Because in the 90s, you had all these movies about corrupt lawyers or, or lawyers that were trying to make names for themselves. In the 90s, it was an interesting time to be a lawyer. You had, like I said, you had all these John Grisham books that were being adapted into movies. And The, the Client was one of those Joel Schumacher films that I'm glad got an adaptation. I didn't read the novel. But it did have a great cast. You had um, the late Brad Renfo, you had Susan Sarandon, and you had Tommy Lee Jones. If you don't remember this movie, it's pretty much where Brad Renfo is a teenager and he is playing with his brother. They're out in the woods because they live in a trail park, and unfortunately they come across a lawyer who – I think it's a lawyer. It's it's definitely somebody who – or a senator. It's definitely somebody – I can't remember. It's been decades since I've read the book and seen the movie. I'd say the last time was probably 1996. But Renfro comes across a guy who is drunk and he wants to kill himself because the mob is after him. And Renfro wants to hire a lawyer and nobody wants to listen to him because he's a kid. So somehow – you have Susan Sarandon who's going to take the case. And it's not a bad film. It's definitely one of the more underrated. I think it's under two hours because that's what 1990 movies were like back then before they're like these three-hour epics. It's Tommy Lee Jones. He really doesn't have much of a role in it. He's just the um, prosecutor. But definitely one of those films that it came out in 1994. Again, I haven't seen this in 1996. But definitely check that one out. Lost Boys as well. I, I think the last time I watched that was back in 1989. I'm not a huge fan of vampire films, and I believe that one came out in '87. I did not want to see it in theaters because I vampires really don't do anything for me. They're immune to sunlight and blah, blah, blah. But it was a different take on the genre for its time. It's got a great climax, a great ending. 
so yeah, I mean, Schumacher definitely wasn't a hack. I know he was a window dresser before he made his way into Hollywood as a director, but he definitely didn't make a lot of turkeys. I, I mean, again, is it was it really his fault or was the studio's fault that because they were just more concerned about making a profit? I'll tell you what, he does have a history of some great movies that he's been a part of, that he's either directed, produced, or written. And uh, like I said before, he's got a lot of uh, great stuff when it concerns action and intense dramas. So if you want to check out the work of Joel Schumacher, I hope you do. There's several great movies on his list of films. Check out his Wikipedia or ID, uh, IMDB page as soon as you can. And Check out some of the great stuff from the 90s and 80s that he did and that he was a part of, and I hope you will. Uh, Noah, I cannot thank you enough for stopping by to share some great thoughts on Joel Schumacher. Again, this was a really bizarre week, I think, in more ways than one. I do kind of hope, though, that that the one last thing with, with Schumacher regarding Batman, really quick. when I, When Batman and Robin came out, I didn't get to see it entirely in theaters because there was a sprocket fire. So it was cut short and we had a choice to either wait an hour or two, have them fix the problem or I got free tickets to go see Austin Powers, which I did. I figured I'd wait for it for Batman and Robin to come out on video. Well, this is around the time the DVDs were popping their ugly heads. So I went to rent it and apparently can't explain it. It halfway through this died. Then it ended up on TNT, and all of a sudden there was a blackout. So the point is it took me years to finally see Batman and Robin. Like every time I wanted to watch Batman and Robin, something happened, which was interesting. And it's always during this halfway mark with more ice puns than usual. But now that I finally have the Blu-ray and it works, and I've watched and I've watched the documentaries, yeah, you could tell that Schumacher's lying through his teeth about how much he enjoyed making these movies, but reality is it was a studio. So uh, if you really want to remember his career, for me, I'm going to go with uh, a tie between The Client and Falling Down. They're hard films to watch, but yeah. At least I don't think there's too much studio interference. Well, there you have it. There's the opinions of Noe and Fine from Honey Queen. you got to be seeing what he's doing today at Honey Queen on Facebook. Just type it in, H-U-N-N-I-C-W-E-E-N, or the Honey Outcast. You can check that out as well. My friend, it's been great having you on the PCC Multiverse. And, of course, it's been great having you a part of the pop culture cosmos. Coming soon, Zero Cool Films presents Action Figure Adventure. Super collector Jay Bartlett hits the road once again in search of action figures, most iconic and noteworthy and rare figures, all in the name of creating the most ultimate action figure auction ever. He fronts the cash that charity benefits in the end. What will he get, how will he get it, and how well will he do? Find out November 1st, 2020. Okay, and we're here right now with the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here. Thank you so much for listening and watching us on YouTube, Facebook Live, and wherever you get your podcasts and also the great radio stations that play us around the world. I want to go ahead and touch on something first that's been really important within the realm of the pro wrestling industry, and that's the speaking out movement that's taken place over the past couple weeks with several wrestlers speaking out 
about things that happened as far as sexual misconduct and one of those delicate subjects that weren't talked about a lot you know before in the industry that is really something now that's at the forefront and a lot of these companies that we know and appreciate out there like the world wrestling entertainment all elite wrestling so many others are now taking action on it and it is just reshaping the industry as we speak uh, whether it's allegations or the actual proof or things of that nature there's still a lot going on when it comes to speaking out movement and it is now time for an effective change and effective change is happening and mm-hmm. i want to bring on a great guest right now he is a professional wrestling referee who's been in the ring with some of these wrestlers that have been named that have been implicated he is also one of the Indeed. great parts and the great hosts of TNT on BTR. You got to check it out today on Blog Talk Radio, part of the Evolution Radio Network, and it's also available in podcast form wherever you get your podcast, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you like one of those extra podcast players that just grabs it from one of those places, it's there too. Check it out. It's TNT on BTR. And I'll tell you what, I have on Steve Kane and Steve, just so great, right here on the program. Well, Gerald, thanks for having me. Uh, this is a uh, big, um, evolving story. I mean, literally, things are happening as we're even talking. I mean, to uh, kind of give a little background, last Thursday on our show, we were on, we had uh, Lee Walker from uh, sportspeda.com. And that was the day that uh, he put out the previously, well, it had been, actually hadn't been seen for a while, racist post by Chad Lael, a.k.a. Jackson Riker. And so we tend to watch the uh, news sources as we're on the air. And as this is going on, all of a sudden, the first uh, notifications of the claims against uh, Jim and Stacy Coronet popped up. And so we're starting to talk about this live as, as it's happening, literally across on Twitter and that, including the pictures that have been posted. And so then by that evening, speaking out started trending and we started, we started watching it. I was not originally going to um, put my solo podcast, which I do on Friday nights, also on uh, uh, BTR called Live from the Dean's Den, on for another few weeks. But as I saw this, it's like, okay, the, no, this this cannot be ignored. And so went on, and for like the entire hour plus that I was on the air, there were constantly things going on. It kept going through the weekend. Um, all of a sudden, the Joey Ryan accusations uh, started out. And then Marty Skrull and Dave Christ. Then you, so you've got you've got all this stuff. And when you mentioned uh, talking about uh, people who have been named, who I've actually been in the ring with, unfortunately, uh, as the list started popping out, one guy who I've been really good friends with over the years, uh, Chris Chavis Tatanka. His name came out in this, and that really upset me because I've known I've known Chris since the 1990s. We've been really close. In fact, when I was doing a uh, public access TV show at the uh, time that uh, Owen Hart uh, passed away, Chris was one of my background 
sources for information about Owen outside of the ring and that. And then to see that uh, they're um, accusing him of being involved in, uh, we'll, we'll say, shameful activities. I don't even want to name the crime that he's charged with because it disgusts me so much and that. And just, you know, seeing all this stuff, uh, as I as I put it in the uh, description for our show tonight, the people that we have watched and considered heroes for all these years now suddenly turn out that they might actually be the villains. Well, I'll tell you what, I've got a list right here, a courtesy of Ringside News. Uh, again, uh, there's a lot of names. Some of them people know out there, the general public. Some of them they don't know. Uh, I just want to go right. ahead, before we go and tie into this, into something that I wanted to talk to you about. First off, I want to thank you again for joining me. Uh, it was, uh, to tell you what a difficult subject this is, and I was telling this to my friend Noe and Fine, who I had on earlier, this is something that a lot of people, I reached out to a lot of different places to try and get someone to come on the show to talk on this subject. I can get a lot of people to come on this show to, to preview WrestleMania, to preview the Royal Rumble, for updates on pro wrestling news. But to come on this show at a time where it's really needed for the industry, and people just kind of hesitated on that, didn't give me any feedback or didn't get, listen to me, and I truly appreciate you doing that, taking time. I don't know if that says a lot about the other people, but it certainly says about the quality that you have in going ahead and speaking on the subject. I want to go ahead and, and, and get away from that a little bit and talk about the people involved. Big names, small names, Jim Cornette, Matt Riddle. Velveteen Dream, Austin Theory, Darby Allen, Mike Quackenbush, Marty Skrull, Icarus, The Knight Family, Rich Cotlato, David Starr, Dave Christ, Martin Zaki, Sammy Guevara, Rob Feinstein, Will Ospreay, Chino Reyes, Dan Moff, Mark Haggerty, Kirk White, Aaron Epic, Russell Payne, Jason Rice, Jimmy Havoc, Trent Seven, Mark Paz Perry, Dave Lagana, Jordan Devlin, Jack Gallagher. I mean, the list is going on and on. Congo Kong, mm -hmm. Bull James, Travis Banks. These are names that, again, a lot of people may not be aware of out there as far as the general public, but there are some names like Matt Riddle, Jim Cornette. Uh, you know, some, some of these names are very prominent in the industry right now. And a lot of it has been leading to, like in the case of uh, Jack Gallagher and some others, they've been fired and terminated from their jobs from World Wrestling Entertainment, All Elite Wrestling, right. the NWA, Impact, Ring of Honor, Shikara, which is actually shut down as an organization yeah. as a whole because of this, Progress and WXW, just to name a few. This has infected an entire industry and the only thing that I could gather is when I'm hearing all these names and hearing all the stories, and this is something you would be more familiar with than I am, I'm seeing the, the equation or the, the, the thing that I'm seeing the most common denominator is that a lot of this happened on the independent circuit. So yes. I want to I hear your thoughts on that. Right, and uh, that is a lot of what uh, we're seeing. I mean, you mentioned Congo Kong. I know Congo Kong quite well. In fact, uh, actually, I had Congo Kong working for me back in the day in a uh, independent promotion here in the central part of the state of Illinois when he worked under the name of Osiris. And when I read the account of the uh, young man who was not only sexually harassed, 
but also basically for all intents and purposes robbed by Steve Wilson, Congo Kong. And uh, I'm going to be going on him tonight on our show. I just, I, I was, it was hard pressed for me not to want to throw my phone when I was reading this because it just, it just, it ticked me off to no end. He's trying to say this is the way that, you know, it was taught and that no, no, I come very old school. My trainers worked for Vern Gagne and the AWA. That was not taught. That was not old school training. That's just him being a jackass. I mean, we're seeing a lot of these from female wrestlers that are in the industry. We're also, we're also seeing, like you said, from uh, a lot of people. In fact, there's been, on the other end, uh, it's uh, indicated as far as uh, situations where they, there's been issues of people being drugged. Uh, there's issues of, of just, yep. like you said, sexual misconduct that's out there. And, you well, know, KC, I don't know if you're, if you're aware of this one. He yeah. made a post. Apparently, he was given Rohypnol one night by a, by a woman and woke up the next morning in a hotel room totally naked. You know, and this is Keith Lee. I mean, you know, Keith Lee is a, is a freaking monster. He goes, what, and 320, 350? Three, yeah, three, three, about 320, 330, and about 6'4". Current, current NXT North American champion. Right. Right. And if this can happen to him, it can happen to anybody. And it's very troubling indeed. But like I said, a lot of this happened uh, within the period of time when most of these individuals were working at or in and around the independent circuits. And uh, before I get into that question, I wanted to ask you, and, uh, you know, we're obviously seeing the effects of it again, Sammy Guevara. Uh, Darby Allen, just a lot of people that are now being looked at. David Lagana, who is a head of the NWA, he's been terminated. Right. Mike Quackenbush, his actual entire organization, Shikara, has been shut down because of the accusation. Right. Marty Skoll, you know, there's, there's, there's some decent names in there. And Matt Riddle, who may or may not have a future with the WWE, seems to be on a very tenuous basis right now. Uh, there's denials going right. out. Jack Gallagher was terminated by the WWE. I mean, we're seeing all these ramifications come down on it. But again, it leads me to the question that I have to you is, does something need to be done on an independent grassroots level? I know WWE and AEW, and one of the things I said to Noah was that I think that the WWE and AEW, now that they're in a higher status, need to go ahead and do more extensive background checks on the wrestlers that they bring in. So shame on them if they're not aware of this before they bring on them. But I understand that the local independent scene can't do that to the extent that these larger companies can. What can change with the independent wrestling scene that can prevent at least some of these incidents from either happening or being you know, out there on social media? Well, actually, really, it, it can it can be more enforced than than you think. Okay, now when I think about this, I think about how back in the day, back even when I started in the '80s, the industry policed itself. If you were if you were messing around with somebody's wife or some underage girl, it got it got handled either in the locker room. Or 
there was a there was a shoot and a stretch done out in the ring to you. So that it was it was handled. As the years have gone by, and you know, an industry that I had to I had to fight to get my way into. Now it's almost it's almost like missions on uh, um, Halstead Street in Chicago. There's like a wrestling school on every corner, and I should use their quotes when I say wrestling school because a lot of these guys haven't learned even the most basic psychology. And yet they're turning around, they're supposedly teaching other people, and they're running, quote-unquote, federations where they're booking themselves as champion and that. With the way the Internet is now and that, you can find out real easy, because we've done this with our show. We have found sex offenders that were, that were working for various promotions. And we and we called them out. Our show isn't afraid of controversy. Let me tell you. I mean, we did we did uh, two nights on uh, Hardcore Road Trip and a few other things that I won't get into right now. But the promoters now, all you have to do is you can check a uh, sex offender database of whatever state the uh, worker is coming from, and you can find out because that's actually. Uh, what happened from what I've read in one promotion, they uh, got the information from a uh, sex offender database and they canceled that guy's booking right then and there. So it's just, a, it's, it's due diligence. It's doing, it's doing the work. If they'll, if the, if a good solid promoter will do the work, then there's going to be less possibility of these type of incidences occurring farther in the future but we've got a lot of work to do my good friend bill after wrote a book called his wrestling fixed i didn't know it was broken i hate to say it but right now wrestling's broken and we've got to figure out how to fix it couldn't agree with you more on that steve it does something uh I think that was probably the best uh, statement in line right now about the pro wrestling industry that you could probably say because there's so many things that need to be going on and there's so many changes that need to be made. And someone who has been a fan since the 1970s, it's an industry that I, I dearly love and always have, will have affection for. But you're right. I mean, there's always been stuff that's gone on behind the scenes when it comes to professional wrestling. There's always been, you know, I mean, come on. You got, when you have the, one of the most popular shows right now is uh, relating to the industry is Dark Side of the Ring. I mean, it sells itself. But it's gotten yeah. to the point where in a modern world where social media is now such a, a prevalent part of our life and things can get out there and things, you know, you have to conduct yourself in a certain manner, in a certain way, because if you don't, as an independent wrestler, it can haunt you going forward. And we're seeing it when you go and migrate to a larger organization, those things bite you um, bite you hard. And for instance, like let's say Joey Ryan with the several allegations that are out against him, right. his career's over and done with, with Impact Wrestling. I mean, there's just so many other individuals out there that are now being affected by this because of the mistakes they have made in the past now coming right. back to haunt them. It's about how they carry themselves in an independent wrestler and in an independent forum is gonna affect the way that they're caring about themselves later on going forward right and then also too when you look at a, a lot of these guys and this has been one of my criticisms of the industry in the recent years 
a lot of these guys didn't come up through the independents. A lot of these guys, especially uh, in WWE, are getting pulled from football, bodybuilding, other sports, and that. They're not going up through the system and learning the etiquette, learning how to conduct themselves in a locker room, the basic things that you know, guys like myself were taught from day one, and they're they're just they're just not being given that. They're basically handed uh, you know dressing room doors on a on a silver platter. They're walking in and uh, being treated like big stars when uh, you know they haven't made eight hour car rides each way to go to a little one horse town and that absolutely i mean like you said before i mean it's almost been romanticized to an extent but it is true all the stories that people have on the road stories that have been long talked about by the wrestlers of the 70s 80s 90s and and so forth when the regionals were really hot back in the day and even now to the extent now that you see some of the wrestlers like you said they picked them out like the WWE and AEW from, especially WWE, from different facets of life, right. different facets of sports, MMA, things of that nature where they don't have the type of background, and they basically send them to the development center, and there you go from there. And it's going to be like a, a touch and go whether or not they're going to be able to go ahead and make it in the industry or not because they mm-hmm. think they have this fresh face in the industry and can, can apply their talents and athleticism there in that realm as opposed to maybe grabbing someone from the independent scene. But then again, they do have also, as we see on the rosters of AEW and WWE, you know, a, a quite a bit of, of independent wrestlers as well. So it's just something that the industry now needs to make effective change for going forward. Right. Uh, it's something that we have to see as stars from the smaller promoters, like you said, have to go ahead and now be wary of as well as the larger promotions have to do more extensive background research into the type of people that they bring on because the PR nightmares, as you can see right now with the speaking out campaign, can really have quite the backlash. And it's something that definitely the professional wrestling, it's, it's been a wake-up call, and I'm glad it finally came. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's difficult to have to uh, deal with it as a, uh, as a wrestling person and that. But I'm hoping that somehow, eventually, because uh, my broadcast partner, who's also uh, um, my promotional partner, because we do a wrestling promotion together, we were talking about that uh, earlier today. And, um, you know, we were talking about, okay, we go into this little town, we're going to want to put on a show, and we go to the local restaurant and say, hey, how would you like to sponsor professional wrestling? And they see all this stuff that's been going on about uh, these various wrestlers, and they're going to probably you know, laugh in your face before they throw you out the door. That's where we're at right at this very second. That's where we're at indeed. Once again, I'm speaking to Steve Kane. He's the great show that you got to check out right now. It's TNT on BTR. You can check it out on the Evolution Radio Network on Blog Talk Radio. Or you can check it out in podcast form. Once again, that is TNT on BTR. You can check it out today wherever you get your podcast. And before we head on out, I want you to go ahead and tell everybody, especially professional wrestling fans out there, pro wrestling fans like me, of course, 
why people need to check out TNT on BTR and why it's such a great show. Well, we talk about, of course, the uh, latest current wrestling news, and obviously we're not afraid to step on toes, pull punches, or anything like that. We've covered some of the uh, most controversial uh, happenings in our business. Uh, we were the ones that uh, exposed a uh, wrestling promotion that uh, had children in the ring wrestling in front of paying people. We covered the infamous hardcore road trip where guys such as Gregory Iron and Rhino were left stranded without paydays or transportation back to the States. We tackle the subjects that uh, a lot of other shows are afraid to tackle. Then, you know, we do get light. We have some great interviews. We have some excellent guests and that. But the nice thing is we're, we're flexible. If something pops up, we'll take we'll take it and we'll and we'll uh, run with it and we'll uh we'll we'll charge head on like a you know the old expression goes the bull in the china shop well there you go <laughs> can't beat that right there once again it's tnt on btr check it out on all podcast formats then also check it out on the evolution radio network that's going to be available on blog talk radio and you can get that right there again it's tnt on btr live live in about 30 minutes well there you go again <laughs> gotta check it out right now i know you got a show coming up again steve i appreciate on such short notice right. talking about this important issue where like you said a lot of these other shows don't want to cover they don't want to tread on that space it's very tenuous right now for the industry but i see some positive changes going forward i i do too and i i hope so and i hope that uh they are rather quickly i would love to i would love to see that uh happen i'd love to see our business get uh, healed and back on its feet uh sooner rather than later you and i both you and i both well I'll tell you what steve it's been so great having you here cannot thank you enough you're welcome to come back on down the red carpet's open to you anytime you want to stop back on by let us know right here at the pop culture cosmos you got it, Gerald. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis. All right, everyone, and thanks for being part of the broadcast again. It's the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald coming right back at you here. I want to thank you so much for being part of the program today. She's back. She's back strong. It's our good friend here at the Pop Culture Cosmos and also the PCC Multiverse. She's so special to us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Check out what she's doing today at the TVRatingsGuide.com. you got to check out everything that she's doing, including all the reviews, all the updates, all the ratings guides, the Renew Cancel Index of all your favorite shows. Check it out today at the TVRatingsGuide.com. Plus, check out her podcast, her past episodes as well, Jessica's show, available now wherever you get your podcasts. It is, of course, our good friend jessica boggs and jessica thanks for being back on 
a little bit later in the month for us, but I know there's still a lot of trending news. ABC's fun and games are still doing somewhat solid numbers. And apparently in 2020, 0.6 is enough to get renewed. And Match Game, as of late, has been doing a lot better than earlier runs. We know Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is going out on new lows. Holy moly, with the same numbers that it has last season, that's definitely going to be enough to get renewed for another summer. But also with the coronavirus, we know that summer mainstays, The Bachelorette, plus other shows in the Bachelor franchise are delayed. NBC is still pretty much ruling the roost as the summer programming continues. We still have a mainstay, America's Got Talent. It's not the big hit that it once was, but still, I feel like that's one of many shows that people are gravitating to in this pandemic in general. But there are other shows on NBC that are pretty much hit and miss. Sawnland is definitely down from last season and should have at least picked it up in the ratings a little bit better. CBS? Meh. I got the latest ratings of Game On at the moment, and it's not looking pretty for it, not gonna lie. Game On's latest ratings hit a new low last night, and it hit a point four in the ratings. Now, that's probably gonna be enough for Love Island to get renewed because CBS, but I'm not sure if it's going to be enough. Well, Fox in general, still pretty low for Fox Summer. If you look at the latest season ratings, there's going to be a lot of hits and there's going to be a lot of misses. Ultimate Tag was the only one that is doing a passable number with an average of 0.62. The rest of the shows are doing crap. Celebrity Watch Party, average of 0.37. Labor of Love, average of 0.25. And that's in the key demo. While the rest of the networks are okay. And CW is CW. Stargirl's the only one that's doing passable. Whereas you have the rest of the shows are going into 0.1, 0.09. They're ranging from 0.09 to 0.2. And for CW, that's a big difference. It definitely sounds like it's a big difference indeed. I know for the future in July, I know we're looking forward to a lot of more news out there. Before we head on out, go ahead and let everybody know what you're doing and what is a great reason why they need to check out the TVRatingsGuide.com. We've published a wrap-up and we are actually the most accurate of the Renew Cancel sites out there that does Renew Cancel indexes, so... We had some key hits with Stumptown. We were the only site to predict Stumptown correct. That was well, leaning cancellation. Actually, well, that was like in my podcast and stuff. And then... No, no, your RB, site. The site actually changed it to renewal last minute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it was recent. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Let's not go there with Stumptown, and even the greatest sites may not get it exactly 100% correct, but otherwise, the TVRainsGuide.com is done. So I don't write the ABC ones, so I just write Fox and CW. Oh, there we go. (laughs) Taking it out. Taking it out, indeed. 
Thanks so much for joining us on today's show. And remember, our 200th episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos is coming at you Monday. So here's hoping you'll be listening. So for Noe and Fine, Steve Kane, and Jessica Boggs, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day.